point eight to ten p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songe somapete on SAFM. A recent study was done on social workers who are holding debriefing sessions at the National Gender-Based Violence Command Centre. This centre has gone from receiving 200 calls a typical day to a mammoth 3,000 calls per day as a result of the lockdown. Most of the calls to the command centre range from child abuse, child neglect, GBV as we have known it, and elderly abuse. These complaints have also seen a sharp increase. Some of the calls that are not linked to gender-based violence have been for social relief. This adds to social workers' stress and feelings of being overwhelmed. Here to advocate for why frontline workers should have their mental health prioritized and what interventions can assist on the ground, we are joined on the line by Professor Helen Hajiani. Equally so, this is important because this is Mental Health Awareness Week. Helen is the director of the Center for AIDS Development Research and Evaluation, otherwise known as CADA. Helen, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Good evening to everyone. Not a great time to be a social worker, especially in these most difficult times of COVID. No, it's not a good time to be a social worker or even to be a journalist. Uh, um, we were exposed to a lot of trauma, continuous trauma, um, in your daily work. Look, we can talk more about that. We, you know, I would almost say it's. I would quite easily prefer being a journalist in the circumstances simply because I don't have to deal with as much as you would have to or those who are social workers would have to, the raw emotion in receiving that phone call and understanding in the person's voice exactly what it is they mean given the trauma that they would be experiencing at that time. I'm not dismissing what journalists are going through in the past. There are more who are on the ground, on mm-hmm. the front line, so to speak. But let, let, let's limit the conversation then to those who are in the realm of dealing with mental health awareness because COVID-19 is just not the health aspect in terms of the virus itself, but what the virus and its presence does socially and the ripple effect it has on what was really a very touchy space in South Africa, the continued rise of gender-based violence and possibly the inertia on the parts of government that hadn't really addressed the scourge of gender-based violence and the abuse and neglect of children and the elderly alike. What has this period done, which is most regrettable, but otherwise you were always anticipating if the reality of the facts coming into this pandemic were to be looked at critically? Oh, that's quite a question. Uh, that I was trying to follow. Um, I think what this pandemic has done has it has brought out all you know our exist the pre-existing and the existing social ills in our country. Yes. So um, we know there was gender-based violence. There was elderly abuse. The COVID pandemic has exacerbated um, the the social problems in the country. So where we had hunger, where we had um, uh, uh, situations of domestic violence, these have been exacerbated. And they've been exacerbated by the, the length of the, uh, by the lockdown, uh, being in confinement. Um, you know, being abused 
you know, if you're in a in an intimate partner relationship um, where there's uh, abuse, a woman, you know, what I would hear often in the debriefing sessions with the social workers at the command center, GBB command center, is that the, you know, often a woman could run away. She would attempt to run away. She would attempt to go, you know, to a next door neighbor to get help. Mm. Um, and the lockdown has, it has brought new dynamics into that, into that whole, into the picture. So women haven't been able to, you know, or they were limited in being able to run, run away. Um, being confined in a in a space with a partner or with someone who's abusive um, all day and all night, whereas in the past that person would go to work or would go be be out socialising, has you know it has exacerbated the problem. And so, yeah, I've, I've already forgotten your question. No, no, I think you have answered it because these are things that you had always known were there or that the indicators that are critical for assessing South Africa's progress one way or the other. Indeed. You had always anticipated in a sense that with the kinds of permutations that came with the regulations of lockdown level five and to an extent level four, yes. certain things could only get worse and they have proven to be so. I suppose then the question that follows is now that we know the worst of the circumstances and conditions that many South African people are faced with, how then do we move to make sure we move the trajectory and the curve in the right direction? Well, I think the very fact that you're having this program and that it is Mental Health Awareness Week is is probably the one of the most important kind of building blocks or pillars that we need because everyone is so focused you know, you put the television on, you switch the radio on, and you hear numbers. You hear about the progress being made or the lack of progress on a particular level, be it sanitation, be it in the economy, in any other sector. We do not hear about mental health. And not only in terms of gender-based violence, but the mental health of all our people. You know, we have a lot of vulnerable populations, but in fact, you know, COVID, the lockdown has, is having an impact on all of our lives. I mean, who hasn't been, um, perhaps, you know, those who have continued to work, such as yourself, essential workers, perhaps know what day it is. Mm. But a lot of us have a sense of timelessness. I've been working from home, and sometimes I, I get the, you know, the date wrong or I think it's Friday and it's Wednesday. So, you know, these are all symptoms, in fact, of it's, 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 it's almost like a traumatic event that we, we've, we're sitting with. Um, you know, a trauma is an uh, unpredictable event that happens and it overwhelms us and it overwhelms our capacity to cope. Um, it's a random event. Now, it's an unpredictable event. Now, what is, what is COVID? You know, what happens with trauma? You're rendered helpless if you think about any event that's a trauma, be it a natural disaster, like a, fly, a flood or a fire or a hurricane, or um, you get mugged or a hijacking or there's a murder. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's unexpected. It's not planned. Mm. What happens to the person? 
you know, if you really, uh, most of us have been a victim of crime. You know, you, 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 you rendered helpless. Your sense of control is taken away and your sense of agency. Um, and, and that triggers a whole cycle. Okay. And what has COVID done? COVID is very much been that kind of trauma cloud. So we like, it's sitting above us. And what has it done? We, you know, it's, we, it's put us inside, it's put us in, inside our homes, so confined us. And there are a lot of unknowns about COVID. I'm, and I'm, not, talking, you- I'm not talking about the, I'm talking about the mental health impact for sure, of, for sure. of COVID, right? I'm talking about, you know, you can take all the precautions you like, but you may still be infected. There, there is an unpredictability about it. We're going to focus on the unpredictability of the mental effect that COVID has occasioned on South African society at large. And I'll specifically wish for you to please consider this because we're going to go to the news break now. The desensitization of South Africans to trauma and violence. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, the continued stigmatization or non-recognition of mental health as a condition like any other condition. And because of that and the desensitization, the continuously more adverse effects ultimately of mental health conditions and illnesses in South Africa that do not get the kind of interventions they are otherwise worth. For you after the break to consider, it's time for news. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. On the viewpoint. As we look to wrap up the conversation with Helen Hajiani, who is a professor and the director of the Center for AIDS Development Research and Evaluation, in the context of Mental Health Awareness Week, which is this week, and the prioritization of mental health of especially frontline workers, the question that has been posed to her is, are South Africans desensitized to trauma and violence? On the one hand, and on the other, is the continued stigmatization of mental health, perhaps part of the reason why we still have adverse clinical outcomes of South Africa's health as it pertains to mental health. She answers this question now. It's a complex question, Songhezo. Uh, uh, um, I think South Africans are desensitized to, to violence, um, hence the amount of violence we see and the amount of violence we have. Um, the second part of your question around the is it around the stigmatization of mental health services and how do we get around that? Yes. Um, I think there is stigmatization, but I don't think it is, it is as great as it used to be. I think our bigger problem is that there there are not adequate mental health services in the country. There are, you know, the the you know the amount of money that is thrown at you know at, at health and at education compared to the amount of money I don't even know what the amount of money that goes to mental health. But you will see that there are very few facilities that offer mental health services. Um, 
and, and an example is, is um, you know, if we look at the Gender-Based Command Centre, the Gender-Based Command Centre has been in operation since 2013. It offers one of the world's leading services in terms of being an, a helpline, a very sophisticated helpline that provides, you know, professional social, wor- social workers provide counselling, emergency assistance, etc. Yet, in, you know, it's a Department of Social Development uh, uh, command, the centre is part of the Department of Social Development, and yet, since 2013, the social workers and supervisors in that centre have not received a single debriefing. So it took, what, you know, I don't know the dynamics there, but I know there are funding issues. And that speaks to to the, I think it's the absence of the prioritisation of mental health. And in this instance, COVID, we, we had COVID-19 arrive, and First for Women Insurance mm. stepped in and said, how can we assist? Now, we know First for Women Insurance has, the First for Women Foundation has has been assisting women get out of abusive relationships for, for, over, for close to 15 years. And COVID-19 came along and there was a need at the command center for 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 just essential things such as, you know, they didn't each have a headset. They were sharing headsets. All right. So they made available, you know, sanitizers, masks, gloves, headsets. And then came the request, can could we assist to provide debriefing and psychological support services to all of their staff during the first two weeks or what we thought would be a two-week lockdown? Yes. All right. And if I can tell you how excited the social workers were, all right, and the outpouring of the years of accumulation uh, of being of, of the years of being exposed to continuous trauma, all right. So we were hearing about you know we were our job was to debrief, um, provide debriefing services so that we could prevent secondary traumatic stress and burnout amongst amongst those essential workers. And yes, we were hearing about current cases, the challenges that were happening on the ground. Because, you know, you've got a group of 10 people on a shift or 12 people and you're getting 3,000 calls. You know, you do the math. It's impossible yeah, to take yeah. them And, it and it's not day. a helpline where you, you know, you talk and then you just let the person go. In fact, it's a helpline where that person has to follow up to ensure that you are safe and you ha- you get counselling. So, you know, you go through numerous sessions. Now, can you imagine, you know, the first day, but just the very first, you know, straight when we went into lockdown Thursday night until the next day, the calls had doubled almost. You know, day two, the, the calls have doubled again. And we saw that happening. All right, not all the calls were gender-based violence related. A lot of social relief um, calls. 
because the Department of Social Development were are using this very sophisticated kind of technical infrastructure to to, to take these courts. Um, I think because of the absence of other other facilities that could could handle these courts. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've kind of digressed. But what I was get, what I was getting to is that um, our duty as when we were debriefing was to provide, you know, to debrief, um, see how COVID and lockdown had impacted that person as an individual, but also in their workspace. Well, I'm going to have to ask you to leave it there, but I think it's important for us just to reinforce the value of the interventions made by the CEO of First for Women and her team, Robin Farrell, for the purposes of trying to address a critical mass of South Africa's community who really are frontline workers, especially at this time, who, as you have said, and as we have known for the longest time, who are not oftentimes recognized for the true value they are to society. So keep, please, the work that you're doing up, the director of the Center for AIDS Development Research Research and Evaluation Cater, Professor Helen Hajiani, you and your workers are certainly appreciated, even though you don't hear it enough. Thanks very much, Longeza. Excellent.